The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now, your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Walker, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. It is a Thursday edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. Welcome into the star in Frisco as we preview the Cowboys offense versus that Cincinnati Bengals defense mm. for some Sunday football on CBS coming up this week, week two of the NFL season. Hope you got your Black Rifle Coffee in hand because guess what? We're going to have to sift through this offense and I, I said it on my my promotional tweet but I said let's piece this thing t- together gentlemen mm-hmm. let's let's find a way to to pick up the pieces and move forward with this Cowboys offense but as always Rob Phillips Patrick Walker Isaiah Stanback I'm Kyle Yeomans glad you're with us gentlemen how are we doing doing I'm good I have a well. request though Kyle what's the request I would like to speak directly to Black Rifle Coffee Company okay I would like to get more of this particular mug okay right now we only have one up here uh, I would like to have one because I'm a I'm definitely gonna take some of this home and this one right take there. a little sippy. Well, this one, this is yeah, this is different. This one's cool. Oh, this there's one, two. This, di- oh, there's they're two different. different. Okay. They're different I mean, there's, a, there's a size. Look at the size difference. See that right there? Mm-hmm. This is more of an eight ounce type of deal. This is more like a twelve. I need the twelve, Black Rifle. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I'll. Uh, I, I think that's an email that I could have sent and we could have it's not okay. done on it's air. Okay. We'll but that's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll get it. We'll get I mean, it. Figured this is it from out. the same gentleman who's never heard of strawberry milk. So I mean, what? what else never heard of strawberry milk. What the heck is strawberry milk? Like what? It's strawberry. Like who dropped? Who dropped the strawberry in milk? Like what it is? Strawberry. Who was the individual that? That chocolate milk wasn't good enough for them that they decided to drop a strawberry in it. That's, okay, but who's that guy? Okay, that's a, that's one conversation, but I don't even want to go back to the initial conversation of how they found milk in the first place. Oh, okay. because that's a completely that's a different thing. That's Let's different. just talk about that that's later. Different. Nobel Prize to the think to about the inventor it. of strawberry milk. <laughs> just think about it. It's not ideal. <laughs> You need listening some... to the number one podcast. Yep, this is Cowboys is... Now. <laughs> Top podcast. Talking Cowboys. Talking milk. It out there. We're talking milk. Talking milk. <laughs> Rob, save us and give us some news and notes. Okay, how do I segue from milk to the Cincinnati Bengals? I'm going to try, okay? Injury report for the Cowboys. Uh, Calcium. Yeah. No, Mike tiger, Mc... milk. Tiger... <laughs> tiger milk. Tiger milk. Tiger milk. I didn't know that was a thing either. Uh, Mike McCarthy has been very forthcoming with his uh, his injury reports today. That's interesting. This week. We, uh, yes. we already know four guys have been ruled out of the game, and that's basically the entire injury report. So we know about Dak Prescott. He's going to be out a few weeks after thumb surgery. Uh, Terrell Basham, Connor McGovern, J. Ron Curse, and who else am I missing? Um, Basham, Basham, McGovern, McGovern Curse, and Dak, Dak Prescott. and Dak. Those, those four, four guys. Oh, that's four. Dak. There yeah, we the, go. Yeah. That's four that guys. Guy. They are ruled out <laughs> of the game. They will not play on Sunday. And the only other guy on the injury report is Michael Gallup, who is still limited in practice coming off of the knee injury. He's making progress. He might get in some team drills this week. I don't know what that means for week two. I would think more likely once he gets a full week of full practices, then we can look at 
at it and say, ah, he's got a chance to play. Do, do we so, have any updates on Basham, like what his injury was? He's got a deep thigh contusion. Today was just a deep contusion. thigh. It was no tear, just as a deep thigh contusion. As far as I know, it's a contusion, and uh, as you know, even a contusion, oh, that yeah. area of the body can be very debilitating. It's not a bruise like you got, oh, I'm failing, I have a boo-boo. Like, no. a, like a deep thigh con- contusion sucks. Like I, I've never personally had a deep thigh contusion, but I've had a lot of friends that have, mm-hmm. and you have to sleep with your knee bent. Like, like literally wrap, right. put an ace bandage around your knee. Because what happens is as your body starts to try to heal itself, um, your muscles start to have um, uh, scar tissue. Mm-hmm. And if that scar tissue binds down your muscles and, and, and disables them from being able to move fluidly, when your leg is straight, you can never bend it. Mm-hmm. Right? So it ends up, it's almost like you're re-tearing a muscle. So you want to keep it in the most stretched out position as possible so that you have that flexion while it heals. And so you want, you're often, you're walking around like you're doing the old school Marky Mark, you know, with the leg behind you um, dance. That, that's, it just sucks. It sucks. And, well, and, and he, guys could be out for a good amount of time with those too. Yeah. And his, um, he was moving very, very poorly in the locker room after yeah. that game. Um, and the next day, obviously, you go to sleep. The adrenaline wears off. It, it got even worse because he was on crutches here at the Star yep. on Monday. Uh, and, you know, I spoke with him, and he basically said that he, he's going to be on those crutches until, in his words, until he can straighten it, yep. to your point, yep. Isaiah. So, um, obviously, count him out for this week. But unless Oof. he gets some rapid Sucks. healing next week, nah. you know, he's, he's going to be doubtful for next week as well. I don't want to yeah. scare everybody, but I've seen those keep guys out for about four weeks. Okay. I don't know what his particular situation is, but I've seen it in the past. Guys, it takes about three or four weeks. But you know what? That doesn't sometimes. necessarily uh, scare me as much as it does kind of lend to a, a discussion that we've been having about potentially who might be an IR candidate here as the Cowboys have to make some roster moves this week. Uh, that kind of jobs right with yeah. right with me saying openly that I think Terrell Basham is in consideration for a potential IR. And there I, you go, four weeks. I think you're looking at Basham. I think you may even be looking at J. Ron Curse, although Mike McCarthy said yesterday ah, they feel a little bit better about the knee sprain that he's got. He was out there doing rehab um, during the open portion and very light rehab with a full sleeve on his leg. They, they do have to make a couple roster moves. I think Connor McGovern, of those three guys, we know about Dak's timetable, we think. Of the other three guys, I think Connor McGovern might be a little closer to get back a little faster. But we'll see. Quick question for you, Rob. A lot of people have been asking about James Washington. And, I, you know, the difference between IR and PUP. James Washington is on PUP, correct? He's or, on IR. He's on yeah. IR. Okay. Which he, can, he can come back in week five. Okay. And I, I want to say, no see, uh, is that the first time we've seen him out there in the open portion doing some – Rehab and that's what stuff. I was gonna, that's what I was going to yeah. ask about. That, that, like, that was what is the, the first rules? time he's he's done the the band work out there yeah. since the injury. Yeah. So that is a step forward for. James Doesn't Jones. mean that it's the only time he's done anything. No, 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 it, no it, just, just the no, first seen, time that we've yeah, got the first chance time to see he's it. been out yeah. there. So that's that, awesome. It's a step forward. I, if they are able to add Michael Gallup and James Washington and stay healthy in different that offense. wide receiver room, I feel much better about that whole situation. Completely immediately. Yeah, I I already feel better about that offense. If if only for I mean. For Michael Gallup, obviously, you're talking about a former 1,000-yard receiver. And for James Washington, who had kind of a a mixed bag in camp, but at worst, it's a veteran presence. And and we were talking about, you know, the absence of Amari Cooper and the lack of that cool hand Luke, you know, between Washington and Gallup. I think they can stabilize the locker room. And then, of course, from a production standpoint, you know what Gallup can do. You hope to see, you know, Washington get back to his OKC days. If Washington comes back and is 100% healthy, I don't believe that Cowboys Nation understands how intricate of a a part to this offense he's going to play. Can he, play. He, he can play, correct. Can't, can't speak for Kellen Moore. But James Washington is a dude in this system. He, Why is that? 
because of his ability to work work those those intermediate routes, right? Those ten to twelve yard routes, being a veteran, understanding how to sit in those zones. If you decide to play man to man on him, he's fully capable of running right by you. So not only do you have a Michael Gallup who has to go the go juice, now you add a James Washington. Now you have two guys that can get by you should you decide to go man to man coverage. Or if you want to play zone, not only do you have Dalton Schultz on one side, now you have uh, a James Washington that can find those gaps too. So I think he's going to be a huge part of this offense when he gets back on the field. That that's their mission. That yep. was their mission when they brought him in. Um, so he just has to acclimate to it because you, you lose time in training camp with that injury. He got off to a slow start in training camp. Uh, he, he made a couple flash plays, but he left some plays on the field as well. I was high, uh, very high on James Washington coming out of the draft. And yeah. when the Cowboys signed him this offseason, um, one of the things I said was I, I just wonder if he was misused in the Steelers system in conjunction with the fact that Roethlisberger was on the, the back end, the very, very back end of his career. So you have a, an aging and less productive and they had a- 172 so, receivers in the depth chart too. Yeah, yeah. So, and they, they got some, they dudes had some out guys. There. Yeah, yeah. So uh, hopefully, you know, when he when he gets healthy here, he can hit the ground running, yep. and like you said, Kellen Moore can find He's ways to utilize him effectively. Let's talk about the wide receivers that are here right now too, mm-hmm. because if if this Cowboys offense is going to figure things out, that's one of the top things on the list is separation. And Isaiah, when you went back and looked at the film, how much separation was there against Tampa Bay's corners? There wasn't a ton. Yeah. <clears throat> Across the board, right? Yeah. It wasn't just CeeDee Lamb, but it was everybody. And, and CeeDee Lamb was doubled from time to time, too. It was like Todd Bowles knew what they were doing. Okay. That's, I mean, more so than just their ability to cover. Uh, Todd Bowles had these guys, Kellen Moore, pretty much in the bag. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing that be a little bit different. I'm looking forward. I'm actually curious to see now that Dak is down, it does Dennis Houston now go down and Jalen Tolbert come up? Because that was, I'm Good point. pretty sure that Dak was the only reason why Dennis Houston was up um, that week. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing Jalen Tolbert and what he's capable of doing. Because these, as we're going to talk about, they have some guys on defense. They have some guys that can play. They, they, got, they got some dudes. A couple guys. Yeah, they can, they can play some defense um, and play man-to-man coverage, which they like to do. Okay. So how do you feel like it would differ this week than it was last week? Or how would you want it to differ this week? From trying to trying to establish it with a new quarterback and trying to find some separation, how would you change it? I mean, there's a lot that could, that could be changed. I mean, last week I think that they got themselves in a situation because they tried to force the throws. They okay. tried to force themselves in, uh, into throwing situations that didn't need to be throwing situations they, mm-hmm. when they could have ran the ball early on and, and kind of beat the ground on the, in that regard. Correct. I'm assuming that they try to establish the run game. I'm assuming that – that uh, <clears throat> the run game opens things up for Cooper Rush and takes that stress off him so that you're not having to change up the offensive look or scheme as much as you typically would need to. You could run a more Dak friendly type of scheme where you're playing off of the run instead of running whenever occasionally to change up the pass. So I, I hope that Kellen Moore brings that approach. I hope that this that this offensive line uh, <clears throat> hopefully Peters is 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 here and playing mm-hmm. at the guard position, and you can run up the middle of this formation, um, and then that will take a lot of stress off Cooper Rush and a lot of stress off these receivers to have to get open just seemingly by themselves all the time. And hopefully you get these cornerbacks peeking in the backfield a little bit and that would give them a little bit of half a step gain. I can't pound the table uh, hard enough in agreement with that. I mean, that's something we talked about uh, yesterday's episode. It's something that we we talked about going into the Tampa Bay game. It, it, it has to happen, and you can't get away from it. Uh, you have a young core receivers, and, and kind of circling back a little bit to uh, rookie third-round pick Jalen Tobert, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm on record as saying – 
him being inactive or him potentially being inactive going into week one, not as big of a deal because Dak Houston, oh, Dak Prescott and Dennis Houston had the chemistry, et cetera, et cetera. Valid point with uh, Dak being down. You wonder how that's going to play into Houston. Um, but whatever the case may be, you, you can only go up in the receiving core as far as production is concerned. So you have to, for my, my stance, you have to put Jalen Tolbert in this game because now you have to see what he has, right? You have to see if he can do anything because anything that he does is going to be better than what the receiving core did and did not do against Tampa Bay. Um, but one way to help a guy like Jalen Tolbert, one way to help Semi Fajoko, one way you know to help some of these young guys is, again, you you lean heavily on the run game with Ezekiel Elliott, and you, you ask more of Tony Pollard in the run game as well because he's that kind of a change of pace back. Um, but you have to set everything up from the run. You can't try in this game, especially with Dak Prescott out, especially, again, with this young core of wide receivers, going against guys who who can play man coverage going against the Cincinnati Bengals defense who <laughs> hey it helped them get to the Super Bowl right you have to make sure that you keep these linebackers and and these outside cornerbacks guessing are they going to have to you know cover drop back in coverage and or is this a run play and I got to provide some run support yeah that that split second of having to guess here's some that's an opportunity for separation that you did not get against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers you have to get them really keyed in even if it means stacking the box, which works in your favor, because if they stack the box against Ezekiel Elliott, here's another positive uh, um, consequence of you leaning on that run game. So run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, pass, pass, run the ball, pass, set up the big play, et cetera, et cetera, because you're going to need a chunk play sooner or later. Yeah. To Rob's point from yesterday, you're going to need chunk point play sooner or later, but you're not going to get those right out of the gate. You have to build, build, break, build, build, break. And that's kind of what their offense was built on last year. I mean, there's a reason this offense was number, what, two in the NFL in terms of explosive plays. I mean, they had explosive oh, yeah. opportunities to go down the field. You just didn't see an element of your offense that could provide that in week one. Yeah, Zeke knows it. He talked for yeah. about six, seven minutes yesterday, and <laughs> I want to say, I, I, I'm trying to count. It's, he said commit, commit, uh -huh. establish. He, they, they have to do that. And 10 carries – I don't think that's enough for him. What was his response to that? <clears throat> nah. Nah. <laughs> nah. Let's take care of it. Nah. Just very politely, he's a leader on this nah. team. He wants the ball. I mean, clearly. And I think he should get the ball. I had this stat in, in a column yesterday, a three-and-out column, about to, to Pat's point about um, if you're not getting those explosive plays. And you have to get them. You have to get them at some point. And what, and what teams are doing to the Cincinnati's offense is what teams started doing to the Cowboys' offense last year, what Pat Mahomes was seeing – okay, we're going to take everything away down the field. We're going to make you drive 12, 15 plays. Yep. So, and, and you know, the Cowboys are obviously handicapped with, with their depth on offense right now. They had one explosive play last week. They got to get more than those. But if they don't, they have to be able to run the ball. So they were, they were five – real quick, Isaiah, they were five and two in games last year when they had three or fewer explosive pass plays. The two games they lost, they didn't have any. When they, when they won, uh, they didn't have a run game to speak of against – uh, Chiefs and Cardinals. In the three games they won early in the season where they weren't getting the ball down the field and the Chargers were trying to take away and sit on routes and do all that stuff, they averaged 170 rushing yards in those three games. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now those teams, you know, Giants and Commanders, those weren't great teams, but they were able to make teams pay on the ground. And that's what they <laughs> got to do in this game. And where do the Cowboys get their big plays from, Rob? Play action. 
Oh, the action. Yeah, set it, action. And you have to I was set kinda, it. I was interested and, and in how where you were leading play there. Yeah, it's, it's play action. Right. I mean, you have to run the ball. And, and it, it was Cooper. more discouraging. I think I think the reason why. <laughs> I thought that's where you're going. I think, I, think that's why, I think that's why Zeke's most likely frustrated because Zeke put out, you know, that statement that he made was uh, kind of coopish statement from last year. You know, somebody who doesn't really speak negatively the about the team, like, but give me the doggone ball. It was, and, it was, and Amari a, said that diplomatically. And exactly. I thought Zeke did too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I'm. Help, help me help, me, help, help you me, guys. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. But, kind but, of Jerry Maguire. But I think it was help more me, help help you. You. It was more yeah. frustrating and more discouraging, I think, especially for the fans, because it was a close game. The whole game was a close yeah, game. a winnable game. So for it to be a close game, for you to be averaging five yards a carry, and for you to only give it to them ten times, that's what pisses people off. And, and that can't happen again. You have to establish it, set the tone. Uh, and, and again, uh, something I mentioned on yesterday – by doing this, you're turning the run game into the 12th <clears throat> defender. You're shrinking time of possession. You're keeping Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and, and Higgins and, and that offense and Joe Mixon. You're keeping them on the sideline longer. That is also helping to keep your defense, which we can say is elite, it's helping keep them rested. So if the game is close in the fourth quarter, they're not gassed. Yeah. They're not being asked to do this again and again and again because they're human. It's going to wear on them. If you look at, at some point in the Tampa Bay game, again, they had a seven-minute uh a, a time of time of possession advantage. At one point, they had a ten minute time of possession advantage. That just cannot happen. Eventually, the Cowboys defense, as as stout as it is at bending but not breaking, when the fatigue starts to set in because you're losing top, you're going to break eventually. This goes back to the complimentary football conversation that we have. I feel like every three weeks on this show, but. It, it does. It plays a factor because if you want Micah Parsons going downhill 100%, if he's going to play 100% of the snaps and you need him 100% on 100% of the snaps, you need him to take take less snaps because your defense is on the field less, right? right. So, I mean, ultimately, yes, the offense can help the defense. The defense can help the offense at the same time. And we've got a lot to figure out about that offensive side of the football. When we come back here on Talking Cowboys C.D. Lamb, how do you get him going? How can there be a connection established with Cooper Rush early on? Is there a way that the tight ends could potentially help move this offense forward? With more Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company right after this. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. 
Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a broken traffic light. Stop and go is the name of my game. It's easy. You go, they go. What was it? They go, you go. <laughs> and if you have the wrong car insurance, these repair costs could stop you in your tracks. So get Allstate's new low auto rate and be better protected from mayhem like me. Not available in every state based on coverage and limits selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, head to AT&T Stadium on Saturday, September 17th. To experience Rally Day, presented by SeatGeek. Get ready to cheer on your Dallas Cowboys with tours of AT&T Stadium, ticket giveaways, games, inflatables, and a whole lot more. Visit attstadium.com slash rallydays for tickets and for more information. Of course, Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. Now, we were talking really briefly there about Jalen Tolbert and a connection that he needs to have with Cooper Rush. Mm-hmm. This is on the fly, so this is an unofficial number that I have now come up with. I was doing it in that first segment, just trying to go through and see what his numbers were when targeting Jalen Tolbert. From what I have gathered, and I'm going to have to double-check this, from what I've gathered, he's he in the preseason was 3 of 11 when targeting Jalen Tolbert for 29 yards. Mm. He, did, he threw a pick in one of those as well, and there was a pass interference call on the 12th row, so that negates that one. So technically... 3 of 12 or 4 of 12, whatever you want to count that, with an interception and 29 yards. I That's think it, the targeting point. In the, the preseason opener, there was far too much forcing of the ball to Jalen Tolbert. Yeah, it was over, I think it was like five Denver, targets in yeah. the first quarter, mm-hmm. first quarter-ish. There was a lot. Uh, it, there was a ton. And I think that kind of anchors that unfortunate stat. Uh, I think Cooper Rush needs to understand that, you know, if Jalen Tolbert is active for this game, and I, I'm an advocate of him being active for this game, uh, you, you can't force the, the game there, and he won't have to because he's going to have to <laughs> – CeeDee Lamb's going to have to have a, a bounce-back game. And, mm-hmm. and to that point, uh, as far as uh, the CeeDee Lamb and Cooper Rush connection, you know the last time – here's some science for you – the last time CeeDee Lamb had a 100-yard game? When's that? Cooper Rush was the starter. Huh. Minnesota Vikings. Is that right? Yep. Oh, wow. That was a Cowboys win. 
So yes, science. Yeah, nice. So, so so there's there's some chemistry there between Cooper Rush and Ceedee Lamb that maybe the Cowboys can try to build on hopefully, and then hopefully that positivity emanates throughout the younger yeah. you know receiving core. But again, that doesn't mean get away from the run. That means use the run to set up the pass. But when it's time to pass, Lamb understands he's going to have to catch those passes. Um, Rush understands that he's going might have to make some tight window throws. Um, but there has to be some separation there. So where's the balance here between forcing the football to somebody and trying to get the ball in their hands? That's the that's the thing, the balance that you're going to have to figure out. Because when you're looking at the first game against Denver in the preseason, Cooper Rush forcing the ball to Jalen Tolbert. You look at the first game of the regular season, Dak Prescott forcing the ball to CeeDee Lamb. Two catches on 11 targets. It's the first game of C.D. Lamb's career where he had 10-plus targets and fewer than seven catches. It's also the fewest catches by a wide receiver with 10-plus targets in a game since Chris Godwin in Week 14 of 2018 when he had one reception with over 10 targets. So not a great game from C.D. Lamb, but how do you involve him in the offense, Rob, if you can't force it to him. You just got to get him the ball, but how do you get him the ball? Well, I'm curious to see if they're going to single him up or if they're just going to say, we're going to take you away and we're going to – what can Noah Brown do? What can Jalen Tolbert potentially do? What can Dennis Houston do and Dalton Schultz underneath? I mean, I I wonder if that could be the strategy because they didn't see enough from the other receivers on the field and CD's the only proven guy, really. So I wonder if they're – you know, if that's the case, then you have to go elsewhere, and other guys have to step up and make plays. Like, I wonder if that's the case, too. I mean, either way, he's going to see a lot of his former teammate, I think. He's going to see a lot yeah. of Cheeto on, on that yeah. side of the field. Maybe that gets him going. You know, those guys have faced against each other in practice, and, and so maybe sometimes that familiarity can, can help you breed your confidence. But I'm curious to see how they play this now, knowing that they're so depleted at receiver. There's no Dak, but you're going to need some yak. Mm. Um, I say that because... Last week, Dak, Kellamore, the whole offense, refused to take what was given to them. What was given to them was a lot of short, intermediate throws. Mm -hmm. They opted not to throw those. They opted to try to push the thing down the field. They opted to sit back a little bit, let the pressure get around. Some of the pressures that took place last week were tackles, pushing defensive ends around, defensive ends still having enough time to get all the way back around and push some pressure on Dak because he was still holding onto the ball entirely too long, waiting for a bigger play to present itself. If Cooper Rush and this offense takes what is given to them, it would be high-precision passes. Yes, You're going to have to show patience as an offense, maturity as an offense, that you can actually have a running game, that you can take these slants, that you can take these little shallow routes, you can take these little ends, options, all these things that are 12 yards and under, and be okay with that. And then you trust in your playmakers, CD, Dalton, whoever else you want to rely on, you know, to be able to catch these intermediate passes, these short passes, and turn it into something. Mm-hmm. You can't always expect a big play when you push it down the field because when you push it down the field, yeah, the big play uh, probability is there, but also – the bad can take place as well, right? right? The negative downside to it. So trust your playmakers, get it in their hands with five, six yards, and see what they can do with it. CD is more than capable right. of turning a short play into a big play. Freaking let these guys do it. Right. Every every positive play matters. I, I know it's not always sexy to see, you know, three-yard gain here, you know, four-yard gain here, but all of that goes towards moving the chains. All of that moves you closer towards the end zone. Um, so for the Cowboys and, and CD Lamb, be it CD Lamb, Dalton Schultz, uh, I think you're going to have to see, um, you know, Noah Brown's stat line looked solid last last week. But if you look at the film, most of his his yardage was gained after the 
Cowboys started kind of waving the white flag a bit. I think he's going to have to have a, a strong game from the outset to kind of help stabilize everything um, in the passing attack for the Cowboys. But uh, it's kind of something that you you alluded to a little bit earlier, Kyle, and, and you touched on it with Dalton Schultz. I think Dalton Schultz is going to have to have um, a strong impact. He had a strong impact on last week's game, but it, unfortunately it wasn't enough because of the Cowboys scheme and getting away from the run. Uh, it didn't, you know, it wasn't conducive to his production as far as combining for a positive outcome. But Dalton Schultz is going to have to do what he did last week, and that'll help take the pressure off of the Cowboys at the second level of the, the Bengals defense because the linebackers now have to account for a productive Dalton Schultz. And if you can take the linebackers out of the equation, that's going to open up um, some of those slant patterns, some of those quick outs for, you know, be it Jalen Tolbert, CeeDee Lamb, whatever the case may be. Well, that's kind of the thing, too, is is Dalton Schultz, he still got his fill because mm-hmm. he was yeah, kind he of did. the safety blanket. And whenever the deep pass didn't work out or pressure started to come, they found Dalton Schultz in the flats, and, and that was a way to get him going early on. Is there a way, Rob, where you can scheme up the, the tight ends to maybe be a weapon more so than be a safety net? Because we haven't seen it from Dalton Schultz, but is there a way you can maybe nudge him a little bit and just get him out there and go a little bit deeper instead of running five yards and in, maybe go a little 10 yards, 13 yards, 14 yards, just try and push him a little bit? Yeah, I think. I mean, I think he needs to be part of that. And especially when you have a backup quarterback, you do need that safety valve in there. Mm-hmm. But I think these matchups are – I think Cincinnati is built to to deal with tight ends very well. They have two linebackers, Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt, who played safety in the past, yeah. who can cover. They have Trey Flowers, who's a taller corner, who is kind of their, their tight end guy. And I'm not saying Dalton Schultz can't make plays, but I, I – I, Cincinnati, we've talked so much about their offense, and, and rightfully so. Their defense is really solid. They, they, are, they have guys. They don't have a lot of big names, but they've got guys who can, who can really press you in terms of your passing game. They play well together. Yeah. They play really well together. They have a great scheme. Yep. Hmm. And so, I, yeah, I mean, he needs to be involved, but I don't know. He's not a guy that's going to go deep for you. He's not going to be a big no. yak guy for you. He's you know gonna, who he's is? Gonna be a possession guy. You. You, you know who is? A little bit of Peyton Hendershot. Sprinkle a little bit of Peyton. I was about to say it. I like that. Okay. That's exactly where I was going yeah. with it. I don't think you're, you're going to see him. Sprinkle, and I was like, he's not on the no, team. No, no. No. I don't you're think kidding. you're going to see him, but he is a guy that can be a game changer for this. But in order to play Hendershot, you got to sit Ferguson, who who you're relying on probably to, to help you in the run game. Right. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, you can't have your cake and eat it too. What did you think about Ferguson blocking wise? I thought he did a good job. job. He did a good job. He did a good job. Uh, Tyler Smith did a good job. The guys that you had questions about as rookies, whether or not they can come in and help you on your on your offensive front and be able to block and hold things up and give Dak time and move the guys off the ball, I think Tyler Smith and Ferguson both did a really good job, especially for that being their first real action in the NFL. That was awesome. Cool. The offensive line, um, you know, Did for well. it being one of the, the the units that came in with the most question marks, they they yep. acquitted themselves quite well against the Buccaneers, and now you're going against uh, a Bengals team whose defense is is more than solid, obviously, like as we're speaking on. Um, but they only had one sack last week, right? So it, it's not like they're coming in, you know, having racked up four or five sacks, and they're you know they're still trying to figure out how to get home on the opposing quarterback. Okay, well mostly solid Cowboys yeah. line last like I mean you, you wonder if Matt Farniak can continue his momentum and you know we'll see what happens with Jason we'll see what happens a full with week of practice I well. feel like is going to help that yeah. Out. Yeah. Yeah. we'll see what happens I, with Peters I think Peters well, will be there I, I know we don't know but we'll, I'm, we'll, I'm going to we'll go ahead and <laughs> but I'm going to put my chips all in on Peters all, all being there this things, week all things you know being equal Peters wasn't there 
when McGovern went down, Farniak was, and Farniak being there did not negatively impact the Cowboys' offensive line play. So if nothing at all, yeah, there were a couple times in there. There was definitely but a young few. guy. You're going to have a, but, you're going to have some also, The expectation is going to be different this week as well. The reason why yeah. last week it was a three-four. Okay, there's three defensive linemen that you had to worry about, and you had to have your eyes and communication right on the second level of the linebackers to be able to distinguish who was coming Who's where. Coming. They didn't run a lot of stunts. They weren't running all that stuff. It was pretty much straight line. You knew who you had, and you just had to be in the right spot and carry out your technique. This week's going to be different. I tell you this what. This week's going to be different. They got four guys up front. Mm-hmm. Okay, They don't blitz a lot. Right. They play a lot of zone because they trust in their guys up front Correct. to be able to get enough pressure just to simply throw you off your game, and they trust in their DBs. So their DBs play mm. good enough ball. And stay in your hip pocket long enough, it gives their defensive line more time. So this goes back to the rushing three, dropping eight, or the rushing four, dropping seven sort of mindset that gave Dallas so much flack in the zone last year, right? They do a great job of disguising what they're going to do back there. i tell you what, here's one thing that the offensive line didn't necessarily do well, and unfortunately this draws a red circle at one particular player. Um, You mentioned the effectiveness that needs to be had on slant plays and quick outs and, and, you know, matriculating the ball down the field. You cannot hamstring your skill players, your your position players, with pre-snap penalties. No. It simply cannot happen. Have to rein those in. I think you rein those in. Cowboys have as good a chance as any to win this game. Um, You might get the air, you know, the errant – Laundry on a holding that might be questionable, whatever the case may be. That that happens in coverage. You know, try not to get as handsy as, as you probably want to. But pre-snap penalties can hamstring yeah. a young offensive line. I, I said it uh, Monday. It's a big. It's a reason why they got away from the run. And whether you disagree with that or not, I mean, obviously we're all in agreement they need to do it. But there was a, there was one drive where there was a false start by Terrence Steele and a holding call on Terrence Steele. Sandwiched between that was a six-yard run by Tony Pollard. You know, in the second in the second half, and it just ruins your ruins your rhythm, <clears throat> ruins your flow, ruins your down and distance. No question about that. I the, we've talked about the run though, and Isaiah just mentioned what they can bring to you up front. And I, I mean, we're assuming they can keep the running game going. I just will point out though that they did a nice job against Pittsburgh against the run. Twenty two oh carries yeah. for seventy five yards, three point four yards a carry. So it's not going to be easy. No. All right, let's take our second break. When we come back, I want to keep talking about this offensive line and how. This actually could be the game for them to get back on track. If they can block this up, scheme it up, make it work out, this might be the time where you can run the football efficiently, and we'll see how well the Cowboys can do that coming up on Sunday when we come back with Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. Little sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet! Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. The Cowboys way. 
where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. Whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in the stands with SLR lenses, you can see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local SLR experts and see what SLR can do for you. See more. Do more. SLR. I wish I could see what the heck is happening yeah. in the back. It sounded like you're imitating Mickey in there. B. What? Hilarious. I'm trying. Beam, when he gave me the cue for all of those, of course, who can't hear that at home, he gave me the cue. He just, go, cow. <laughs> it's real quick. <laughs> oh, we, we love, love Chris Beam in the back. Does a great job. Yep. Da-ding. Give, give yourself yeah. the coin. He's Where's the, the Bengals secondary, man. He just keeps us guessing. Hey. There it is. You got different looks. See what you did oh, there. Exotic see. looks. See nice. How about that? Nice. Dalton Schultz came in new drop yesterday. What was it? That'll be a good question for him. I just work here, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I just work here, man. That's it. That's, uh, that's that'd a be a for question him. for him. I just work here, man. That's what I'm going to do every time that Derek comes up in conversation. Huh. Derek or Nick, either one, since they're the boss, I'll just go ahead and we'll, we'll throw that up there whenever they come up in conversation. Mm-hmm. But back here on Talking Cowboys, Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Walker, Kyle Yeomans. All right, let's wrap up this I was about to say Sunday. It's not. This Sunday's game, previewing the Cowboys offense versus the Cincinnati defense. And and you were talking in the break that you you really think that this offensive line has an opportunity the first break. This offensive line has an opportunity here, Isaiah. How how are you able to block up for Cooper Rush long enough to where he can keep things simple but still kind of press the issue a little bit? Just execute. Do your job. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> the biggest thing is going to be communication, especially if you have a, a Peters in there. You know, he had a guy who hasn't been around a lot with this particular team. And offensive line is such a, such a position group that runs off of continuity. Yeah, everybody, the communication, like the nonverbals, like it's, it's a dance, right? So everybody, <clears throat> you've, you've rehearsed it so many times that you're not even thinking about it. You guys just move together. And when you insert a new piece into that dance, all of a sudden that person has to new, know that they have to learn the steps. So I think with Peters and – I keep saying like he's going to be in there, but I'm assuming he is. Peters and Tyler Smith, if those guys can all work as one continuous line – along with everybody else up there, I think you will put yourself in a position to be able to be effective, especially when you have all-pro, young center, all-pro. I think you should be able to control the middle of the line of scrimmage. And if you control the middle of the line of scrimmage, 
based upon what we've seen Tyler, sorry, Terrence Steele capable of, mm-hmm. now, don't go to last week, what we've seen him be capable of and what mm-hmm. we saw last week from Tyler Smith, I feel pretty good about their their ability to move guys off the ball and their ability to give Cooper Rush time to be able to at least have a chance to make some completions. I mean, the fact that Tyler Smith, a rookie, in his NFL debut was able to, to lock horns with Vita Vea a time or two and, and like stand him up and, and just hold him there – I cannot overstate how impressive that was. So to the point, uh, Tyler Smith's strength, we all saw it in training camp, and we all it, it jumps out. Um, but you don't know exactly how much it jumps out until you see it lock horns with a, a force like Vita Vea. So I think Tyler Smith's going to be continue to improve there. Um, but it, to Isaiah's point, you got to you got to attack it up the middle. Like you got to be successful up the middle. Um, left guard, we'll see. You know how the Cowboys play that. Is it going to be Farniak? Is Peters going to be ready? If so, where do they put Peters, et cetera, et cetera? I think Tyler Biadish had had a pretty solid game uh, last week as well. But when you're going against a defense that features somebody like Trey Hendrickson, for example, this guy's coming off of 14 sacks. He, he's going to try to burn that edge as often as possible. Use his speed against him. Use his speed rush against him. The way you do that is you you dominate the interior of that Bengals defensive line. And that way, by the time he gets in the backfield, the play is already four yards to the game uh, for the Cowboys. So uh, Isaiah makes an excellent point there. It's about winning your battles in the interior. Zach's going to win his because he's Zach. Uh, <laughs> can, can be at his, you know, have another, you know, solid game. Um, and then we'll see what's going on with left guard. But uh, I think Terrence Steele, I don't see him having a, a, another con- or a second straight multi-penalty game. I think he gets the message with Kellen Moore saying what Kellen Moore said. You know, guys who can't really in pre-snap penalties, we'll pull you and we'll put someone in who can. On the, you know, and then that ties into Jerry Jones saying, hey, by the way, Jason Peters can play right tackle. Yeah, we know he hasn't played since 2006, but the message is there. Terrence Steele cleaned the pre- uh, pre-snap penalties. So I think your edges are going to be okay or better question is can you set the tone on the interior with Terrence stealing the penalty specifically I, I know we talk about cleaning it up but what is where does it start uh, is it just ants like anxiousness for, up at the line of scrimmage it's, it's I mean where have confidence in in yourself and that you can win this matchup okay because for for me uh and and I wasn't fortunate enough to, to play at the NFL level as Isaiah was but anyone who's played football for any real amount of time understands that when it comes to offensive line and false start penalties a lot of that is psychological it's because you feel like you have to get the jump or the step on your guy because you feel like you might kind of like holding right you're, usually if you're holding it means right. you're getting beat right his, his step might be quicker than mine so I need to be a little bit quicker off the ball well more often than not that turns into a pre-snap penalty that turns into a false start or something of that nature so mm-hmm. for me and I, I said this yesterday and in the day before when it comes to Terrence stealing these pre-snap penalties have confidence that you are uh, capable of stopping the guy in front of you because when you start feeling like he might beat you, he's already won that matchup before that ball is even snapped. Even if you don't get a penalty, yeah. he's probably <clears throat> won that matchup because he's in your head now. I wonder if I'm overthinking this, but if it's a new quarterback, the cadence pre-snap, like is that something you gotta? They gotta be on point with that during yeah, the week. That's a very good, you know, and make sure. I mean, not that he hasn't taken snaps with Cooper Rush before, but sure. it is something to to watch. And Tyler Smith had a false start too, but I will say with Tyler Smith, no holding penalties in the game, there and that was go. what everybody was worried about with him. He did a nice job. He did a great job, yeah. and and to the point that you were just making, no, see, I. 
I don't I don't feel I've never felt that Terrence still has a lack of confidence. I don't get that sense when I'm talking to him. I don't get that sense when I see him walking around. I don't get that sense when he's on the practice field or the, or the playing field. I think people need to take this into consideration, and, I, and none of us know. We all can assume. We all can guess. Dak was off. I'll just say that. Dak sure. was off his yes. game. Fact. And fact. when you're off your game, you hesitate, you guess, you question a lot of your decision-making. When a quarterback is going through his cadence, it is literally embedded in those offensive linemen's head. The rhythm, the tone, the fluctuation, everything, like you know it. It's just no different than you knowing your baby's cry. Like, you know what I mean? Like you know that's, that's, that's your guy. Mm-hmm. And there's a tempo with it. When you have hesitation at the quarterback position and you have question marks as you're going through your cadence and you're reading the defense, if there's anything that throws off your cadence at all, a millisecond, it's going to affect the, the furthest guy away from you, which is your offensive tackles. So if Dak goes red 80, red 80, said, hey, and all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, White and those guys start walking around. He's red 80, red 80, and he drags anything. That guy is going to go off size simply because he's going off of what he knows is just innate in his body because that's how that's how you, the cadence he's always had. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying we none of us know we can sit up here and guess all day long, but I'm just saying take that into a, a, a take that into consideration that it may have been Dak that was affecting those guys as well because he was not being himself. I'll, I'll toss this one more. Mm-hmm. One wow, thing, I'll toss this additional thing in as well, and, and this is um, not, this is not to the. Uh, lack of confidence point. And, and I'm not saying Terrence Steele lacks confidence, but as the course of the game goes on, if you f- start to feel like, but for example, Dak was off his game. Dak doesn't like confidence, but if you're off your game, your confidence might start to wane. It, In your head and lacking confidence right. are two different but, things. But also to Terrence Steele's uh, credit, if you go back and you look at the film in that sequence of false start holding, et cetera, et cetera, there's at least one instance in which that edge rusher was offsides, but it went uncalled. So if you feel like he's being allowed to have that first step and, and that infraction is not being called. Now you think you have to speed up your clock to match that. Yeah. And that, and what happened after that false start. So those types of instances play yep. into it as well. Yep. Mm. A lot of factors, a lot of factors into it. And there's a lot of factors into this game, which means tomorrow say it with your chest Friday. Oh yeah. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. Of course, we're going to take your calls, be a part of the pick segment. Uh, I will tonight. cook the books. Yeah, I'll let I, you know, know exactly you what's going on after last week. I honestly have no idea. I thought last week was a wild week of football, wow. so we all may be like one and seven. I tell you Fellas, what, guess like, what? like Isaiah said, because, um, tomorrow I'll say it with your chest, right? Is, right? Yeah. That means everybody has 100 push-ups tonight. Oh, no. I was wanting to see who made the, the first I need, noise. I need, I need, I need the base tomorrow. I'm, I'm, so we I'm game for it. I'm game yeah. for it. I tell you what. I what what per- about right now? I need percolating Drop. pectorals tomorrow. Drop okay, that, I hate Drop. that. <laughs> you know, I hate that all of our listeners had to listen to that. you got to activate the tiger milk. If they're here after tiger milk, everything else is Yeah, we're bookending this show real well. We don't yet, but I'm working on it. The Cowboys, they're without Dak this week, but like you said, without Without Dak, they need Yak, and hopefully uh, it's not Cognac that you'll need. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh no. So Cooper that Rush, go does to your it for us <laughs> on Talking Cowboys. Special thanks to our friends over at Black Rifle Coffee Company. Check them out at BlackRifleCoffee.com. For Chris Beam, Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Walker, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long for Talking Cowboys. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!